Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. Hello and welcome again to another in the series of Sam Talks Technology. Today I'm joined by two wonderful entrepreneurs. Uh, my first guest is uh, Manoj Ranawira and he's a friend I've known. Well, we'll find out how long I've known you, Manoj. It's been forever and a day it feels like, but it's wonderful to know you. And we've got a visiting entrepreneur here, a wonderful uh, tech entrepreneur. His name is Jeevan Yanam. Jeevan, hi, how are you? Good. Um, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Uh, Jeevan, where are you visiting us from? Um, I'm visiting you from sunny Sri Lanka. Wonderful. Now, um, what are you doing in the UK? I mean, obviously, if you've got sunny Sri Lanka, the last place you want to go to is cold, wet Manchester. Um, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> visiting Manoj is one because he's such a sunny character. And, Indeed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, my wife's actually from uh, London, so uh, trying to visit uh, uh, family and family here as well. Okay, Manoj, um, tell me what what do you do in Manchester? For those who don't know you, which is going to be very few people, but those who don't know you, tell me what you do in Manchester. Um, so I run an organisation called Texarate, and uh, what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to work with. Uh, early stage technology founders all the way until their eventual exit. Uh, we want to make sure that they make less mistakes. Uh, so we share our knowledge among ourselves. Um, and also we find ways to help them accelerate. Um, and lastly, we want to make sure that when they exit, they actually have some decent equity left in the business so that they have this massive exit and, and, and actually happy rather than sad. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Today, we, uh, we are working with 19 technology companies from all the way to London. Uh, our strength in, is in Manchester, and we now have companies in Liverpool as well as in Leeds. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. We are at the beginning of our journey. Uh, we started this process in February. Uh, we got to build our core, uh, what I call the foundation. Uh, there's a lots of different things that we need to do to make these companies uh, become successful. And you're working with, I think, a couple of friends of mine, and, and well, yours as well, clearly, Stuart Townsend, Simon Grice. Are they part of this or, or uh, they just... Yes, yeah, so uh, Stuart Townsend, we have, um, we have uh, technology companies. If you think about in the center, all of us actually work for uh, finding ways to help them grow. So we have partners, typical lawyers and accountants. We've got software development houses. Uh, Jeevan, um, who's here with us, is actually a partner of ours. So Jeevan provides our uh, AI machine learning capability. Uh, Stuart Townsend form into what we call the, the specialists. Um, Stuart uh, can help with his background in working for Sendex and DataSwift and others. Um, he's here to help companies build channels. Um, Simon um, is, is beginning to get involved. So Simon came on board on Monday to uh, organize and help us with the fireside chat. So that was uh, very well received. Good. Um, Jeevan, hello. Um, now, what are you looking for when you're over in Manchester? What, what, what's part of the um, reason for being here? Um, I think the main reason um, uh, is we have this AI company called Veracity AI. Um, um, and as the name suggests, it's about uh, finding truth in, in AI. And um, we want to work with um, businesses 
help them understand where AI can be applicable um, and help them with their, their use cases in AI. Okay. Now, um, I detect an accent. It's not, uh, it's an American accent. How, how come you've got an American accent being based now in Sri Lanka? Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, the funny thing is when I was in the US, uh, people say it's a British accent, but um, it's basically <laughs> coming from an international school uh, right. where uh, most of our teachers were um, English or uh, European or US based. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, before we get to learn more about Veracity AI and we start to talk about where the market is in AI and ML and, uh, and what your thoughts are on it, um, give me a little background to uh, how you became an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, it sounds like, you know, looking at your LinkedIn, you've had a few companies. Uh, give us the journey that you had before you got to Veracity AI. Sure. Um, it is going to take a few minutes, but um, basically... I come from, uh, I'm a third generation, I come from a third generation family business. Uh, my grandfather kind of started the family business um, and has been a real inspiration for me because he's, he's one of those, um, what I call zero to one entrepreneurs are really true entrepreneurs um, who kind of started with nothing, um, went from uh, India to Sri Lanka with little with little or no education, with little or no money, um, started, you know, um, pretty much setting his own shop by selling scrap iron um, and plastics as well. Uh, and then I think slowly built that into, you know, hardware shop. And then in the 1960s, um, when the country was kind of going through this period of nationalization and said, hey, why don't we, you know, start manufacturing some of these items that we're trading um, and hence, I think in Sri Lanka is considered one of the father of industrialized, it's considered the father of industrialization for, for Sri Lanka. And the group has a lot of like manufacturing and, um, a strong manufacturing base. Uh, today the group, uh, employs about 6,000 people, uh, has a turnover of about 350 million, um, and, uh, is, is reasonably sized in, in Sri Lanka. Um, when I joined the family, oh, when I started, um, I was very much inspired by the stories he would like tell us about his journeys in business. And that's really kind of inspired me to want to get into business and want to create companies basically. Um, and I would say, uh, in university as kind of uh, a program called the Steve Barrel Competition, uh, we created a company, which is a very, very early version of Uber. I think, again, this is in 2003, 2004, where we used IVR technology to match driver to passenger. Um, IVR technology? Explain what yeah. IVR te um, So that's uh, when, you, when you take the phone and you uh, have a conversation with a voice recording. Um, right. this, is in, this is interactive voice recording. So you yeah. can say, I want to go from um, A to B, and it would understand... Uh, a to B. So this was mapped onto an early version of Google Maps at that point uh, with location. Um, and we would get the starting and ending location and match driver to passenger. Um, do you, are you a technical entrepreneur as in you're the coder as well as the entrepreneur? Yes. Uh, very much when I started, I was very involved in the coding as well. Um, uh, but as, as I went through my journey, maybe in the last three, four years, I don't get involved as much in coding, but I, I still read very technical books 
um, and I'm an autodidact, so I, mean, I read a lot of stuff uh, regularly and, and keep myself updated on, on those. Good. Okay, so so that um, company uh, didn't go to be the next Uber. Um, no. Surely. Sadly, <laughs> sadly. So, what what happened next? Um, so basically, I think uh, you know uh, we wanted to come back to Sri Lanka. Uh, uh, well, I wanted to come back to Sri Lanka. My um, uh, co-founders wanted to you know get further education, get jobs, etc. Uh, came back to Sri Lanka and said uh, started uh, an early version of eBay called Kade.com, which is shop in Sinhalese and Tamil in Sri Lanka, um, uh, didn't do very well. It was, uh, uh, it was a failure, I would say, because the market in Sri Lanka wasn't ready for, um, you know, using their credit cards online, um, uh, understanding how to the bid process, uh, even though we had cash on delivery and stuff like that, I, I think it was too early in Sri Lanka. So then we basically uh, did what all good entrepreneurs do is, and then pivot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, in, into a services company where we were basically building, um, uh, you know, web applications at that time, web 2.0 applications for entrepreneurs in the US and uh, the UK. Um, and then uh, if I can continue the story, uh, mm, please as, do. As, yeah, as, as we were doing that, um, we understood that, well, I understood that there's a, a need for IT infrastructure in the country it was very difficult to start our company um and 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 we had this 16 acre plot of land in colombo 9 which is in the outskirts of colombo most of our manufacturing had moved out um i went to my uh family board and said why don't we convert this into an it park um or a place for other companies to come and set up um you have to understand that shwanka was going through um uh, like uh, some more at that time, um, so it was a kind of a outlandish proposition. Um, but I'm glad to say that uh, they said yes, and we started with 10,000 square feet uh, with a very big tenant called Vachusa. Um And today, you know, in February we just uh, closed and and uh, in a million square feet, completely let it out uh, among you know 50 companies and that. 15,000 people working there. Wow. Congratulations. Um, so now you've got uh, Veracity AI. When did you start the idea of, of that? What, what was the thought behind starting that company? Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, you know, um, we, we started with my brother doing, you know, uh, applications for others. Um, we, we, there have been many iterations of that company, um, so uh, we, start, we got into finance and accounting, uh, um, you know, call center, um, et cetera, and it was always this conversation around, um, you know, uh, okay, the cost in, in, in UK, US, um, and the cost in, in Sri Lanka, and this whole labor arbitrage issue, and um, I really was getting tired <laughs> of that, you know, that, that, that conversation, because it was, um, we weren't really, I, I don't think, or at least our people didn't see that we were doing things of value um, and it was becoming a commodity. And I said, okay, if there's one thing that can change this is, you know, we really need to look at, at really adding value. What can we do that can add value? And I really went down this path of 
uh, data science and AI and saw the applications. Uh, and it was really close to my heart because as an entrepreneur, you know, um, when you're doing a startup or, or whatever business you're doing, you're constantly trying to find uh, truth in the business. You're trying to find um, something that will, will un unlock potential with the resources that you have. Um, and the data science approach really appealed to me um, as being an entrepreneur, right? Like constantly testing a hypothesis, um, understanding, uh, you know, being data-driven, un understanding the data. Um, so that was really what brought me on veracity, and, and that's why it stands for truth, basically. So um, and that's where, yeah. That's so so today um you would say that really your focus is on helping other companies build ai ml type applications but you're also going to be building out your own applications yeah. do you have any ideas or thoughts you can share about what sort of applications you might be building yeah um so we have a very unique approach right so uh, so when we first started this journey we were very interested in the insurance field um, and, uh, and, and we really felt the insurance field needed to, 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 you know, needed to be disrupted because, um, you know, if you go for car insurance today, uh, they'll ask you your age, the value of your car, um, and then they kind of give you a quote, right? Um, and in, in the world of data science and AI, uh, I don't, there's so many other data points you can collect to, to understand what, uh, the risk premium should be. Um, so we were very interested in 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 uh, the space, and we were looking at uh, applying computer vision to um, uh, uh, you know some of the problems that we face in insurance. Uh, and then we came across another company called Wen, uh, who's based in Norway, and they were trying to do automated damage claims for in insurance. And uh, you know we said, okay. Um, this at full cost would cost you, you know, I'm just using num numbers and I'm actually using yeah. numbers of that, that, that we, we had would cost you $500,000. Um, you know what we want to, we were interested in doing this anyway. Um, so we will charge you say $200,000, but we'll take the rights to Asia because we, we know we can grow this in Asia versus, um, and, and you can focus on, on the rest of the world. Um, and that, that way we became a true partner um, in developing it. And I'm glad to say that company now has um, gone and raised a very, very high valuations uh, and which is their success is our success. And, and uh, you know, it's really, really cool creating value. Okay. So tell me, um, one of the challenges I guess uh, Sri Lanka has is India is on its doorstep. India is seen as the tech innovation, the Tatars, the, the um, you know, Chenna. Um, how, how do you find getting customers and clients to come to you internationally when the natural inclination, I guess, if you're going to outsource, is going to probably be more likely India? Or am I being totally unfair? Um, no. Uh, I, I think, you know, India is our big brother. Uh, they have a population of close to a billion or more people. Uh, we're only 21 million, right? So um, we, what, what happens in Sri Lanka is we really need to punch above our weight to to really show value. This, you know, is that um, um, which is which is fine, and we can because we're a smaller country. 
um, just give you an idea what's happening. Because um, I used to be, uh, and I just stepped down as chat in Slascom, uh, which is equivalent um, to NASCOM in India. Uh, and where Sri Lanka is able to differentiate itself is, is basically quality because um, it's from a much smaller sample set. Uh, to give you an idea of what that is in software, um, we I helped um, Pearson, uh, which is a large education company, move into in, into Sri Lanka. Uh, you know Pearson Publishing. Yeah. Uh, they started with fifty people in uh, India, fifty people in Sri Lanka, and uh, over time they kind of closed down their Indian operations um, and. I mean, if you care to venture a guess why, um, what would you say is is the main reason for them closing on Indian operations and staying in Sri Lanka? Uh, cost, I think, would be first, but hopefully talent second. Um, yeah. yeah. You know. uh, cost was one factor, but it wasn't the major factor. Um, yeah. what, was, what was the major factor was attrition. Um, okay. Uh, so in India, uh, the attrition levels went to about 20, 20 30 percent, uh, uh, you know, on, on a year. And if you're trying to build a product company, um, you you need the knowledge that you you know that the people are gaining in the in, in the software and understanding of, of that. Um, the attrition levels in Sri Lanka and software uh, were only four to six percent. So um, over time, they were, you know, they grew their their Sri Lankan operations now to about eight hundred people. Um, okay, that's quite a big operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, I think uh, there are ways that we can show value, and um, and and usually that's smaller teams, more focused on like if you're looking at, you know, two thousand, three thousand people, Sri Lanka is probably not the location for you. But if you're looking at smaller teams to build product knowledge. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, Sri Lanka is a, a better value proposition. Uh, and that's also the case, we believe, um, in small to medium-sized companies as well. Uh, uh, so we're a better uh, strategic partner to, to the small to mid-sized companies as well, um, probably in UK, uh, US, etc. Um, so do, do you yeah. have a talent pool of, of uh, I guess, you know, if, if you look at 21 million, that's a pretty good sized population. But what of that population is in the university educated sector? Mm. And then yeah. of those people, how many are in computing? And then of those, how many are in AI and ML? So how many would you say, you know, in the population, you've got a probably a very small population to, to start to find the right type of talent. And yeah. how are you finding it? I mean, is there competition so for you? So, so do you want me to run the numbers? I, I, I can give you the Roughly. The yeah, I mean, if, unless you have them accurately. <laughs> so, brilliant. Yeah, th these are actual numbers. So um, 400,000 people in Sri Lanka finished their O-levels. Uh, 200,000 finished their A-levels. Um, and only about 40,000 going to tertiary education um, um, because, uh, you know, not many universities in Sri Lanka, unfortunately, and that's something we need to work on as a country. Um, from that 200,000 to 40,000, a lot of them go into, um, how do you say, vocational education, like SEMA, et cetera. You know, so you have, you have a lot of accountants, et cetera, coming out. Yeah. Uh, from that 40,000 people, 
uh, roughly about 8,000 to 9,000 IT graduates. Uh, from that 9,000 uh, IT graduates, um, very, very few data scientists. So when I took over as chairman uh, about uh, you know a, a year ago, um, we really addressed this problem. So we worked with um, all the state universities and said, okay, uh, and we worked with their curriculum and really pushed data science and AI uh, going forward. So um, I, I don't think we're there yet where we, where we have lots of people in data science, but, but as, a, as a smaller country than India, say, we're able to focus on the problem quickly and iterate quickly and, and deliver value. Great. Okay. Now, <clears throat> apart from growing your own businesses and the family business, um, you're also an angel entrepreneur uh, investor. So, um, can you give me some examples of companies you've invested in recently? Are they all in Sri Lanka? Are you internationally investing? Where are you placing your monies? And what sort of, what sort of size bets? Because there really are bets. Are, are, yeah. are you placing? Um, good question. So uh, basically, about eleven years ago, we formed the Lankan Angel Network with about uh, you know um, three or four other individuals, um, and I think. At that time, it was for me. It was really about um, not making money necessarily from the startups, but uh, sparking kind of you know creativity, imagination in in, in the country, um, and also learning from you know what works and what doesn't work uh, um, as as you invest. Um, so since then, I think we've seen a massive proliferation of the startup ecosystem. The startup ecosystem kind of sparked, and you know there's lots of now, um, want you know entrepreneurs who want to create some something. Uh, um, so the ecosystem has come a large way uh, from the startup genome project. I think we're still in the we're in the early stage, uh, but mid early stage of you know startup journey. So Silicon Valley being the most um, you know late stage, where where Sri Lanka still early mid. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, being in the, in the startup ecosystem, we've, uh, as well had a couple of iterations. So, um, as I invested in companies, I found out some problems, uh, you know, for example, the problems that these startups are making in five years, we really believe we can condense them to six months. So we formed something called, um, Hatch. Uh, which is uh, Sri Lanka's largest accelerator and co-working space uh, and incubator um, where we are trying to take startups um, and teach them all the skills that they need to really, really succeed. Um, and one of the things that we're beginning to do uh, now more than ever is uh, push them outside of Sri Lanka as well, because um, Sri Lanka is such a small market um, and we just want, we just want them to prove the hypothesis works there and see if it's truly, um, you know, truly, truly exportable. And that's a very tough thing to do. Um, uh, you know, just being in, in, in UK for a few, uh, few days, um, even the startups here are, are only thinking about the UK market. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a problem. It, so it seems like it's a problem. It's a global problem. It's not only a Sri Lankan problem. <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's a problem of investment. So a friend of mine, uh, Alistair Mitchell, is one of the partners at EQT Ventures. And, you know, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that we talked about was the difference between US investing and, and UK investing. And 
Manoj will know this from, from our time of uh, running around. I've been an entrepreneur myself. And often trying to raise money for funding in the UK has been always short termism. You know, if you could get a million, you were doing well five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe. And, and then it was always, where's the revenue pretty quickly. Whereas what Alistair, who used to be the CEO of Huddle, said when he went to the US and raised his money, he learned from actually what you said earlier, Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One. Uh, you know, fundamentally, Peter Thiel's model for VC funding is, you know, go and heavily invest, over-invest in a, in a leading company that you think is going to win the market. Don't worry about the revenue. Once they've got market share, then you can focus on the revenues. And that's clearly happened with Facebook and Twitter and Uber. And mm-hmm. we can see many models, Airbnb, you know, many of these companies didn't make even uh, profit, but they went straight to IPO. Um, and, and that, I think, is a changing model. And the UK needs to adapt that. And, I, and from what Alistair told me, because he's obviously a, a VC who spends more time than I do, um, is that there is now no you didn't siri <laughs> wonderful um uh <laughs> apple never gets anything these days anyway and uh, that's another story but um what he's saying is that the even the european vcs are now beginning to understand that they have to invest heavily so you're now seeing bets of you know, 10 million 25 million that, that you know series a series b series later on um yeah. where is Sri Lanka in this whole gamut then is it um is it still in the smaller bets you know the sub one million bets and, and it, it, it is so uh, it is still in the sub one million bets and actually as an ecosystem uh there are different people like for example the, from from the first five that form Lankan Angel Network some are focusing on different uh parts of the startup's journey so uh, for example, LAN is still uh, focused on the idea stage and you have an initial idea. Uh, we are starting, we have started a fund, uh, again, only three to four million where we invest in uh, 10 to 15 companies where they have at least a client and uh, a prototype. Uh, and then we have uh, another another uh, you know founder of LAN who's focusing on the late stage. So we're, we're trying to you know um, get the ecosystem going uh, from the aspect, but it's still, again, I would say, um, um, kind of early mid stage. And what's holding it back? Is it is it a lack of uh, good entrepreneurs? Is it a lack of the infrastructure? You know, the market isn't hasn't evolved. So you said earlier, you know, one of your businesses was too early to market. Really, you know, trying to build a, an e-commerce business. And you know, are are things like broadband now widely available? Is there a marketplace is there online payments now you know where are i guess compared to america and the uk how far behind is sri lanka in terms of the cycle is it five years ten years or two years um uh okay so i mean in certain aspects like for example if you take telco uh sri lanka is way ahead i think they've uh, already implemented 4g they're going to implement 5g um, you know, it's it's quite advanced in in, in that aspect. Okay. In terms of um, like general ecosystem metric of uh, you know people making investments into startups, uh, tax breaks, for example. Um, I know uh, London uh, UK has the AIS program where you get tax back uh, yep. as investors and stuff like that. 
uh, all of that is non-existent in, in in Sri Lanka. So, is the, the Sri Lankan not, government up behind all this? I mean, or, or are they just uh, naive to it all and still sort of sat in the twentieth century doing twentieth century type government? Uh, <laughs> I, I think, in principle, the rhetoric is that they are, um, but I'm yet to see really concrete stuff focus on startups that uh, says. Um, that they're really, you know, they're really supporting startups other than, you know, the rhetoric of, hey, yeah, we, we believe in you guys and we, and we want to help SMEs. Um, there was an interesting program recently launched by the government where there was uh, loans given to SMEs, uh, again, $10,000 to $20,000 approximately per startup. Um, but then we had a problem of um, they would disperse through banks and then um, banks, you know, looking at it from a bank perspective, were still asking for collateral and yep. and other. <laughs> and so that there, you know, there are various problems that we we, we have as uh, entrepreneurs in Sri Lanka. Capital being one of the one of the major ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because if, if again, I'm sorry to use India as a, a counterpoint, but you know, you see Flipkart and you see Amazon coming into, you know, India, and you see unicorn models evolving all the time into india um yeah. that being your closest market i guess to you i mean uh, sri lanka's got this wonderful opportunity probably to to build a bigger market into the at least southern indian market which is very yeah. close in terms to the sri lankan market if not the northern indian market itself so yeah. is that where you're seeing expansion of, of sri lankan entrepreneurship or or are you coming east or west which actually strangely you're 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 in the middle of everything you know you can go china <laughs> japan you can yeah. go europe america or you can go yeah. north india yeah yeah where, where um, are you seeing expansion um i see expansion in and it also depends on the type of business right so um you know we we there was a recent example of one of the cohorts from my accelerator uh called sozo and and um based in sri lanka they were doing 50 million rupees uh, and suddenly they got opportunity in in uh, India through our acceleration program, and they're like now eight million. So they they sell you know uh, uh, bottle liquid like uh, juices and stuff like that to Cafe Day and stuff like that. So they got a big contract in India, and, and now they're located in India. Um, uh, and then there's um, Singapore and Southeast Asia as well, which is quite interesting. And then there's you know, um, Pakistan uh, is quite interesting as well. There's, uh, and, and being Sri Lanka, um, we don't mind working with, you know, there's, I know there's a friction between India and Pakistan, but being Sri Lankan, there's no, there's no friction. So we'll work with both. Uh, well, there was. I mean, until today, there was. I mean, it's the first <laughs> Sri Lankan-Pakistan cricket match. Okay. <laughs> Let's be clear. There was a little bit of friction there. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, throw yeah. that one out at me. <laughs> <laughs> very true <laughs> yeah um being one that doesn't really watch that much cricket i know I'm, no <laughs> I'm nor do i <laughs> i have to say i joined my public school here in england and i was the only indian of a thousand kids and they rubbed their hands going oh good we've got an indian we can play cricket i was a rugby player i hated cricket but that's <laughs> interesting uh I so think yeah she was saying pakistan's working. a potential growth for you as well yeah. I mean, look i think I think what's interesting is um, where you are. It, it must be wonderful to be able to, you know, you can see forward 10 years or five years or three years, whatever yeah. the gap is, because yeah. you've got the experience of having lived in America, 
coming yeah. over here to England. So you can see what the transition, again, um, but what are the big companies that we should be looking at now? What are the, the companies in Sri Lanka that, you know, if, if people were interested in either investing or partnering with or looking at, you know, just to keep an eye on, who's, who's growing in Sri Lanka now today? Um, I, I think there are some great uh, tech companies out of coming out of Sri Lanka. A uh, good example is uh, WSO2. Uh, me and Manoj are talking about microimage, um, you know, uh, HCNED, uh in the HR space. Um, you know, uh, there are about five to six really good, interesting kind of tech companies coming out of, out of Sri Lanka, which um, I, I think are, you know, Synergix is another great example. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say there are some interesting tech companies coming out with interesting products that uh, we should keep an eye on for. Okay, so let, let's get back to what you and Manoj are doing then. Um, so you, you had, uh, you know, you, you had the event on Monday where you got together. Um, what is the plan, Manoj or Jeevan, whichever one of you wants to take the question, um, what is the plan going forward for you guys? I'll let Manoj take it, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think um, the way I was looking at Jeevan's visit is really to uh, present to Jeevan what Manchester, Liverpool, and the Northwest has to offer. What 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 is our uh, tech ecosystem is like? What are the, uh, the some of the big challenges we have? Um, so we had the event on Monday. We had some extensive extensive discussions around AI, ethics of it, but uh, and 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 morality of it. But if you put those aside. Um, one of the discussions we had till very early, till uh, late into the evening was around, um, you know, looking at companies like the hard groups, you know, they are growing internationally. Um, they are really working on the cutting off of, of technology, but they still, you know, some of the problems probably can only be solved through use of some sort of machine learning. So we were lucky to have the head of machine learning there. We had a uh, director of pre-engineering, so we had all these different discussions. Uh, yesterday, we had we were at SciTech Dasbury, where the UK's largest commercially available supercomputer is, and we were talking about um, identifying rare diseases. Uh, we were talking about uh, a bit about quantum computing, um, and the interesting thing for me is that even though that Sri Lanka might be a little bit behind. Uh, people like Jeevan are actually working on cutting-edge tech. So it came out as actually uh, there are, it looks like there is a market for what's being produced in Sri Lanka by these uh, uh, you know, data scientists and others. So we are probably at a very early stage of discussing how could we make that um, expertise available in U UK and what are those opportunities are. Um, so, Jeevan, if you want to step in, you know, that, that's sort of my analysis of uh, spending two days with you. Yeah, I mean, look, from, from my external point of view, I can see the synergy between it. You know, Jeevan's got uh, a great company in Sri Lanka. He's got a uh, benefit of a cost model that's, that's better than the, the UK or US anyway, for certain. But, but he's also an entrepreneur. He's an investor. So you, in many ways, Manoj, I can imagine being the uh, front in terms of finding companies here who would want to use the skill set that Jeevan's company can offer. 
Um, and at the same time, if Jeevan then finds one of them beyond being interesting just from a customer point of view, he can always write a check to become an investor in them if he wanted to. So I can see the synergy. It's quite a, quite a strong synergy there. Um, so going forward, have you got a, a case or is it too early yet? Is it just a case of you're here, you're announcing your arrival, but, or have you got a project in mind, the pair of you, which would be the kickoff project? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think, um, so one of the problems that we've been working on uh, um, is uh, rare diseases. And we have a unique kind of uh, NLP technology through a partner which understands uh, uh, contact anything else we uh, um, FB. So when we were at, uh, you know, looking at some of the work and we saw, oh, there's some similarities in what we're working in um, because uh, we had, we wanted to help GPs uh, diagnose rare diseases, right? So for example, if you're in, in the UK and uh, you come across, a GP comes across dengue, there's no way they know um, um, uh, what, what dengue is. So just with a simple uh, application, we're now able to help, um, we'll be able to help GPs do that. And, and, and that's something that we're working on and probably working on, which we see some synergies in working with uh, does raise science park and and you know a few other things, to, um, but it's still early. But uh, you know that's we're beginning to formulate some stuff around that. Okay, and um, let's just look at uh, a couple of the questions I've got. Um, where do you see the market for AI and ML? Because obviously, Manoj mentioned you know the ethics, the the challenges around the data sets. You know we've seen the problems. We've seen, for example, you know. Um, limited data sets so they reflect fundamentally there was one recently where google had and fundamentally it was only white males in the data set so women were being uh, in the algorithm being on you know unjustly biased against i mean the famous one i think was apple's um pay card recently which um you know uh um one guy went along famously from the guy who runs base camp. He went along him and his wife and his wife didn't get the credit, but he did. And yeah, it was a joint account and all those things. Cause it was a algorithm that was based on fundamentally white males. And we've seen, you know, Indians and black uh, West Indians uh, having bias because there's no colors within the data set. So all the isms, sexism, racism are being re-engineered back into AI because of, either the bro culture or because of the limited data sets. How are we going to overcome this challenge that we've got right now of limited data sets? Because AI only works on historical data. Um, so interesting. I mean, uh, I, I think there are ways to get around, um, you know, this challenge of historical data if you're cognizant of it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, understanding that there could be biases um, would then enable you to attack those biases or, or uh, understand those biases or understand that the biases in your algorithm. Um, so you could foresee that, right? You could, you could actually be active and say, okay, um, the data set that I trained on has 
um, male versus female bias or, you know, uh, race, this race versus that race bias, etc. So um, that's a problem, like, I think can be solved. Um, the, uh, the, the, the challenge is, though, that most people who could give you the data are fighting the privacy battle. Yeah. So we have this real dichotomy between, I want all my privacy, but I want all this great service. And it's, um, so we are relying on older data sets to try and build the future where, yeah. because people aren't willing to share what they currently have. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair. I, I think um, that problem is, is a global problem, right? Not everyone wants to give you the data because they think the data is valuable, but then without sharing the data, how much value can you actually derive from it? Um, and I think that is just a mindset issue. Um, uh, I think there are, you know, chief data scientist officers who understand how to uh, anonymize, keep these data sets available in, uh, how do you say, shared spaces where people can come derive, help you derive value from, from, from your data. And, and that's some of the things that, that we talk about and, and help companies with through with their journey, right? So um, using power of crowd and, uh, you know, crowd of data scientists, for example, to help derive value from, from the data that you have. So, I mean, there are many, many models um, which, which we can help uh, companies understand that. And I think it's just a maturity mindset issue that we need to yeah. solve. I mean, today we're in the narrow AI market, you know, which is limited data uh, attacking a, a known set problem really the AI can't make um, mystic Meg, as I call it, type predictions. It can only infer based on what it knows. Um, when do you think, given your knowledge of AI and ML, we will get to the more general AI? You know, how far away is that gap, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a loaded question. I really, um, to be very, very honest, I don't know. I don't claim to know. Um, Okay. Some have some have predicted, uh, you know, 15, 15 years, twenty years, uh, before we get to a general AI. Some have predicted next five years, um, where they just use all these, uh, as you said, narrow AI, and then link them uh, somehow to to you know uh, through some, some kind of uh, this thing. So then, it, it's really. Yeah, that's 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 a difficult question to answer. I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. No, 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 that's fine. I mean, I ask everyone, you know, who's who's involved in the market, what their prediction is, where they think. It's just interesting to find out. I mean, you're right. You know, the the general AI space is, is more Star Trekky science fiction futures. Um, yeah. It's the one that you know everyone writes about in the tabloids if they want to create a headline. You know, robots yeah. are going to take over. It's Terminator Three. Here we come. <laughs> The, the the main thing I would I would say is you know don't be scared of AI I think that's the that's the big takeaway right I mean a lot of people are saying uh, singularity will be achieved very soon etc. I'm looking uh, forward to the singularity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I seriously am. I tell you, bring it on! I'm ready for the chip implant. I'm too yeah. tired to think again anymore. Um, so I mean the, the you know. I think, you know, this is going again a bit philosophical, uh, like, like, you know, but I think when, you know, automotives first came, people were like shocked and, and said, you know, what's going to happen with horses and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there were, every technology evolution is going to be 
uh, people who are scared of it and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's going to happen anyway. Um, yeah, and it's, it's happening already now, and people. Yeah. People, I think you're right. Techno fear, as I call it, and, and what you know is often written about, uh, and crossing what I call the creepy line, uh, where yeah. people, you know, it's like Google Glasses. Everyone wants facial recognition, but yeah. they won't implement it because it's too creepy. It's too, oh, that's maybe just a bit too much. So we'll step back a bit. But that's the that's the killer app of Google Glasses yeah. or. Apple glasses or anything, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the singularity is, is you know, uh, Kevin Kelly's big thing. Um, you know, it's happening slowly. We are, we, we fundamentally are in the singularity. You know, I walk around with my iPhone everywhere. The fact that it's not embedded in me, but it might as well be because it's in my hand 99% of the time. You know, yeah. look at how many hours people spend on them. So we are at the singularity. We just don't call it an embedded singularity. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but going forward, you also work in the space of IoT, I understand, and Internet of Things. Um, yeah. What are you doing in that space? Um, so we, we really want to solve uh, some unique problems in that set, and we just uh, solved a huge problem for Sri Lankan agriculture um, uh, uh, through spectrometer uh, analysis. So spectrometer is, if you know it, it's just shine a light on, on, on a molecule and then sends a unique you know, um, photonic wavelength back. And then you're able to capture that wavelength and understand what the molecular structure is. Um, uh, so we, in these devices usually cost 5,000, you know, uh, Euro, uh, um, et cetera. So we've been able to now bring the cost of this device down to 20 Euro, wow. uh, okay. which has huge implications because the amount of data you can get now, uh, from, it, you know, it is an IoT device because you know you're capturing data from it. Um, uh, we're able to understand the different grades, quality of tea. We're able to understand, um, you know, cinnamon. Uh, what's good cinnamon? What's bad cinnamon? Um, so I, I think this is a huge application that we're looking at now in uh, primarily food science and agriculture. But I think the, it could go much, much, much uh, wider. So. Uh, those are some of the things we're doing in IoT. Then in car insurance, again, we have a telematics device, which is um, a very used use case. So uh, those are things that we're doing on IoT. Yeah, I think I think IoT. Everyone thinks IoT is. I better turn mine off before she answers. Is um, <laughs> is you know Alexa or Google Home or whatever or the Nest thermostat. But I think a lot of smart AI plus IoT plus five G plus blockchain. You know, that is the web 3.0 that we're currently building. And I think it's going to be more of a B2B business, the one that you just described, mm. you know, building into the insurance business or building into the, you know, agricultural business. That's where the early adopters will be. Um, yeah. And I think later on, you know, we will see AI creep, as I call it, into uh, everyday consumer goods. You know, I'm mm. expecting my, my next car will have an Alexa pre-built in, right? And I won't freak out about it. In fact, I shouldn't because I've got nine Alexas in my house right now, which <laughs> freaks everyone else out about it. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's that adoption, I think, uh, of the business. And so eventually VCs, I, I guess, won't see the first three, what I call buzzword bingo. Oh, look, it's on blockchain. It runs with AI and I'll run, run it better over 5G. You, you shouldn't see that. Mm. You don't walk in and go, it runs SQL Server. And, you know, no one says it anymore. It's a database, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, Manoj, um, 
just looking at back in Manchester, um, obviously um, you've been an advocate of what has been going on in Manchester quite strongly. Um, are you still seeing the north-south gap between London and, and Manchester? Is that still true? Um, I, I don't worry about it. I think that's an issue for politicians. Um, I see London as our capital, and therefore it should be the biggest. It should do the more advancing stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's just natural. And right. So then if you look at, say, Manchester, okay, how are we positioning ourselves? We definitely want to be the alternative to London. I, I've said this from day one in 2006 when we first started TechServe. Yeah. Right? And, and uh, now I believe that. And if you look at what we are doing now, then we got some competition from places like Bristol, Edinburgh. That's all fine. You know, I think Bristol is known for robotics, for example. Um, so in Manchester, what we are beginning to see is now we are beginning to see uh, the, the first of 30 million deal going into businesses. Um, we have, in terms of valuation, we have the first true software company valued about a, a billion, uh, which is Blue, Blue Prism. Okay. Right. Uh, so they, they coined the word RPA, Robotic Process Automation. Um, we have... Um, I think when I looked at their valuation last time and their figures, I think they were around uh, 55 million revenue over a billion valuation. So it's trading around 20 times what the revenue is. Uh, we have Matillion, which is obviously valued well over 100 million. Uh, I think they did a couple of rounds, 50 million or so. We got sorted, which started as a parcel delivery, but they now build the software for that industry. Um, right. So we got peak in data science. Uh, and then if you look at in terms of specific verticals, we got the hard group, e-commerce, uh, not just e-commerce, but also technology. Uh, we got boohoo.com. Uh, we got uh, appliance online. So three big companies. And then we got traditionally auto trader, which started from books, etc., cetera, uh, to car manuals into now complete online, again, a billion dollar type company. So, so that we have lots of companies um, that actually do good stuff. Now, one of the questions we are trying to sort of ask ourselves is that, what are they doing in terms of AI, machine learning, etc.? I think we started mm -hmm. that conversation on Monday. Um, so it's quite exciting that G1 is here and we suddenly have access to some clever people um, and and then, then jointly working out saying, okay, what is the opportunity? How do, how do we go about that? Um, and, and who can help us? So we started uh, talking to another friend who actually came on Monday talking about, you know, which area should we focus on? Um, the yesterday's conversation in Jasper was really useful. Uh, there's willingness for them to partner with what Jivan is doing. Um, so I think we are at a stage of probably beginning of something. I think Jivan can fill in, in um, share some of his thoughts around the subject. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. I think there's uh, exciting opportunities for collaboration, co-creation. Um, so I, I think you know that's really um, uh, we we truly believe in open innovation, and I see that kind of spirit in in Manchester, which I think. Um, uh, you know, will then create value, right? So I, 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 I believe that's that's uh, what what I see here, and, and I think 
Um, we're still in the process of exploration, but um, initial signs are exciting. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, uh, I'm going to wrap this up, but before we do, um, Jeevan, how can people find out more about what you guys are doing? What's the website and, and what's the best way of connecting with you? Um, well, LinkedIn, just look up my name, Jeevan Yanam, or veracityai.com. Um, uh, and yeah, you can connect, connect with me. On, on, and is there any particular market segment that you're most interested in? And, uh, you know, is there something that, you know, before you get flooded with hundreds of uh, people <laughs> connecting with you, is there yeah. a particular market space that you're most interested in? Um, I think we're quite keen on the existing products that we have in insurance. Um, and we, you know, we have um, ag tech also is, is something interesting and med tech are probably interesting fields that we can you know, definitely look at. Okay. Manoj, same question to you. How, how do people get hold of you? Um, what's the best place to get hold of you? Well, if they can pronounce, they can just Google me. <laughs> okay so no one's going to connect with you then fine okay. <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm a prolific uh user of uh linkedin um mm-hmm. and you know what i prefer to see is uh, when somebody connect they actually say why they want to connect um makes the case very easy um i'm i'm looking at quality connections rather than volume anymore so yep. there need to be a reason why somebody want to connect with me um, and I, you know, as long as it's not somebody trying to sell me something immediately. Um, uh, Texared is texared.ventures. So we've got a website. Uh, you could find me in anywhere. I'm on most channels from WhatsApp to uh, Facebook, Twitter. I use Twitter quite a lot. Uh, I know you've gone off Twitter, Sam. but uh, Oh, it's just a noise fest. <laughs> it's just people shouting, look at me, look at me. I thought that was Instagram, but, um, you know, I kept away. Well, I don't do Instagram either. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not like me. I, I don't do Twitter or Instagram either. No, I joined Twitter 13 years ago. It told me that recently in 2006, I've been on it long enough. No, it's, it's quite noisy enough. I, I get everything I need quite quickly elsewhere. Right. Anyway, so you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, not Instagram, no, you're on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Texarate Ventures. Um, uh, so, what are the companies that you're really interested in coming to Texarate Ventures to help you? So, oh, sorry, that you can help. Sorry. Yes. So, what we, tr- you know, most most organisations want to just work with unicorns. Uh, my take is that if you start up a tech product company that could scale, it's entirely up to you what you want to build. Do you want to build a a million pound business, 10 million pound, 100 million pound, a billion. Um, very few people could build large businesses. So let's not try to kid ourselves. Yes, you need to have aspirations, but let's see what could be built that's sustainable. Um, I'm not trying to represent a bit of a VC type thinking because we now got VCs wanting the 100x opportunities, not just 10x, right? Uh, and, and, and reality is that there's a lot of businesses that need help. So we are happy to work with anyone as long as it's a technology product, as long as it's scalable. Um, and, 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 and we are currently working with just British companies because I think there's a, there's a plenty to help with. So I'm approachable. Uh, we might not work for you, but if, if it does, I think we can do something wonderful. Brilliant. 
Well, look, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. It's been fascinating talking to you both. Good luck with your future partnership. Um, Jeevan, I hope to meet you in, in person. Um, sure. Manoj, I know I'll meet you in person sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you keep going to Liverpool, wrong end. <laughs> no, the best end. Yeah. <laughs> Jeevan, if you seriously, if you, you should be looking now to expand out into Liverpool. That's the growing okay. place to be. <laughs> All right. no, sorry, I love Liverpool. I was referring to footy, football. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be going to, to watch Liverpool this weekend. Uh, gentlemen, as I said, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Good luck with the Same here. Thank uh, you very much. venture. And, nice talking to you, Sam. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. And you. catch up with you both soon. Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.